Hello and welcome to episode 7 of this podcast. This is going to be the last one for a while unfortunately uh, because I've finally run out of friends and I need to make some more. The number 7's got quite a few mathematical properties actually. It's a number that I find quite special. There's seven colours in the rainbow, there are seven planets in the solar system, apart from the Earth. And naturally seven's a number where things kind of seem to end. For example, God rested on the seventh day. And also in maths again, if you think about platonic solids, they work with shapes up to six sides, but they don't work on a seven-sided shape. And it's also the go-to number when you ask someone to think of a random number, they either think of seven or three. So yeah, thanks for being on this journey with me. Season two is definitely coming. Don't know when that will be, unfortunately. But I do hope you've enjoyed listening to me rambling. And in this episode, I do apologize about my nasal voice. I think I caught hay fever. Definitely not the virus. Definitely not the virus. I just think I had some hay fever, really bad hay fever that day. All right, I'm going to stop waffling. In this episode, I talk to Laís, who is someone that I met at my final year at university. She's born in Brazil, and I'll let her introduce herself. Three, two, one, go. All good? All good. Sweet. Hello, and welcome to this podcast. My name's Drew, and today I am with... Laís. (laughs) Laís, thanks for joining me. I've just realized I've been saying your name wrong all this time. No, but that's fine. I don't think many English speakers can pronounce my name properly and I got used to it. Laís. Uh, Usually I have the same problem. Really? But wait, but even in in Leicester, people don't really know how to pronounce your name. Actually, yeah, Leicester is not too bad, to be fair. Everyone's Indian. Yeah. God, there's a lot that I want to talk to you about. And you know, before, because of my previous guests and stuff like that, it's made me realize I don't really know a lot about your, uh, like your childhood and your upbringing in Brazil. I know like, I know like little bits, like where you grew up and like, you know, you've got a sister and stuff like that. But like the actual details, I don't think we spoke a lot. So to start (laughs) with, do you mind just introducing yourself and what you do at the moment, but also what's your life journey been? So, um... I was born in São Paulo, in Brazil. São Paulo is a, a big city. It's one of the largest uh, cities in Latin America, actually. Mm. So I think a lot of people, when they think about Brazil, will probably think about the Amazon or even Rio de Janeiro. Yeah. And São Paulo is, I think, you can compare to New York, maybe in size and with all the skyscrapers and all of that. So I was born in São Paulo. I have a younger sister. Well, my mom is a psychologist. My dad works, um, he used to sell softwares. So he worked in that in sales. Cool. Um, And when I was seven years old, we moved from Sao Paulo, the city, to a smaller town outside of Sao Paulo. Still in Sao Paulo State, not that far. We still have that house is where my dad lives, but it's... A bigger house in the middle of like I wouldn't say jungle but a lot of vegetation around so maybe what some people would think of Brazil that Um, sounds really good yeah it was really good because also we had this experience of seeing lots of animals it's an area that you would find ocelots for example oh yeah wow and there is is an animal I really don't know if that's the name 
if if that's how you say it in English. But there's an animal mm. that's called quachi, which is kind of like a, I don't know, maybe like a badger type of okay. animal. So I would see that as well around. So nice. some interesting animals. And I stayed and we lived there till I was, till I went to university. But that's the thing, we used to live there, but also I still went to school in Sao Paulo and my mom and my dad worked in Sao Paulo. So, so how long did it take to get from your house to central Sao Paulo? About 30, 40 minutes. It was, oh, it's that's a, not far. Yeah, it isn't, but it's a long drive and the traffic here is bad. So yeah. um, the, sometimes we'll get traffic and get late to a point. But still, if you think about other cities uh, in similar size to Sao Paulo, 30 minutes is not a very big commute, is it? No, Compared it isn't. Compared to like London, Birmingham. Yeah, and yeah. even inside Sao Paulo, some people that live in a region of the city but work mm -hmm. in another would take longer to that, than that than <laughs> we would take to go from our house to school. Ah, nice. And then university, was that in Sao Paulo as well? Yeah, university in Sao Paulo. Here is not that common as it is in the UK for you to move to... Mm -hmm to the university we don't have like halls or anything so just stay at yeah. home usually uh, that makes more sense i was gonna say maybe in the british culture people like just want to move out like get their independence a bit sooner like a little bit less of a like a family feel isn't there as soon as you're 16 you go out you work you fend for yourself you're on your own <laughs> yeah i think that's useful that's good because you end yeah. up having a getting more independent at that age but here as you said we have I think we have a, a bigger uh, connection to our families it's more maybe yeah. Indians Indian culture also has has this that it's more connected to your family family is a huge part of your life yeah. I don't think that here uh, we are the same uh, always very attached to moms and grandmas <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's true you never stay too far from your grandparents or mom well i've still got my grand living with me and I'm, I'm sure you know quite a lot of indian families they just all live together as well under the same roof i love this i am now living across the hall from my grandma and oh yeah yeah it's great i love it because my grandma takes care of me and i take care of my grandma now it's nice have you have you managed to see her yeah, we are, during the pandemic, we are avoiding going out, mm -hmm. and her, she's, she's not going out at all, so I go to the shops for her, a pharmacy and stuff, mm. and sometimes she brings me food. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> yes. <laughs> One of the perks of living with family, always food. My mom still makes me lunch. <laughs> oh, it's awesome. I don't know why people wouldn't want this. Yeah. I mean, it saves a lot of time as well. You know, everyone cooking for themselves. Whereas yeah. You just have one big dish. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot better. <laughs> cool. When you were uh, at uni, did you finish... Oh, no, you worked for a little bit, didn't you? After uni, before you came to Loughborough. Yeah. Uh, so here is also something that I don't think you have... Uh, much in the UK, we usually start working 
at the same time while we are doing our degree because is that time... part of the course or is it no some some uh courses are mandatory you if you if you want to become a teacher for example you have hmm. to work for a little bit in a school or something or an engineer oh here also the degrees are a lot more focused you will have you basically choose your profession and okay. study that so i studied journalism although an internship wasn't mandatory when i was in my second year of university out of four so it's four years total hmm. i got a job working for a newspaper a local newspaper and then okay. i worked there until i worked there for five years okay and then you you made the really big wise decision <laughs> to come into that yeah I, I always wanted to study abroad do you have you ever thought of studying abroad or doing a degree doing something in a different country um to be fair i hadn't really thought about uh, moving out of the country or anything but i went to visit my sister a few years ago she did a year abroad in melbourne in Australia and so I went to visit her and then I thought I'm really missing out you know there's so much stuff that I haven't seen so many different cultures that I, I kind of want to check out the places that you see is just um, some of the things that I saw you know really beautiful never gonna forget some of my journeys uh, so yeah it just it did show me that there's a lot out there compared to Britain and especially Leicester I think after talking to people uh, like you I have realized Growing up in Leicester and Loughborough is a very, very different experience to the rest of the UK. <laughs> is it? <laughs> it is, yeah. Really sheltered. Especially when you talk about, uh, like you said, getting my name or our names pronounced wrong. You know, I've never had that problem. And also some people outside of Leicester, especially recently with the Black Lives Matter movement, they're all, um, you know, coming out and saying... I've experienced racism, even Indians have said I've experienced racism, but for me growing up racism didn't exist. There were other issues, um, like in, in Hinduism we have a different caste system, mm -hmm. so there's like higher castes and lower castes and stuff like that, so we, I experienced a bit of that where it was like ca the different castes don't mix and you can't marry other castes and stuff like that, but racism in particular I, I don't think I experienced a lot of, whereas most other Indians, not from Leicester have said yeah I've definitely been called you know racist things or you know like uh, I forgot what it's called but little sly sort of um, comments not overtly racist but just like being treated differently I, I think it's been very sheltered here to be honest yeah I, that surprises me because I would think that British the British would be more used to Indians and Pakistani people <laughs> Are you saying that because yeah. they invaded India? <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> yes, if you dominated a country for years and years, caused a lot of problems for an entire population, then you shouldn't be offended or racist if they go to your country, no? <laughs> That's a very good way of thinking. Yeah. I'm sure there's loads of people that used to... Like, people that are alive now that had grandparents, or even parents maybe, that were in India at the time that it became independent. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm sure 
They, well, they should probably be more accepting. <laughs> yeah, it is. Racism is weird. <laughs> Have you ever experienced any racism in during your time in the UK? No, but I have to say that I felt people were more overtly racist in the UK than they are here in Brazil. And that shocked me a bit because I was... And what did you see? Yeah, so uh, first of all, I'm not saying that people in Brazil are not racist. Of course, <laughs> racism exists. But I think maybe because here there was more of a miscegenation. Is that how you say it? Like there, people mixed more. Right. Um, I don't think it's as openly about skin color as in America or in the UK. Mm -hmm. When I was in the UK, I heard a lot of racist things from people at university. Once the the secretary at the at my department at university made a comment about how how her mom was staying in like a a care home, mm -hmm. but there were a lot of black people working there, but they were nice. And I was like, <laughs> that's a bit racist. <laughs> And she would say, she said that she liked me because she could recognize me and had a, a very hard time recognizing my classmates who were mostly Chinese. She was like, I can't even pronounce their names. I was like, oh, no. that's, not, that's not very nice to say either. But No, imagine if she went to China or a foreign country, people are going to struggle to yeah. pronounce her name right. <laughs> yeah, and it was just super weird because she was nice but <laughs> these comments made me my god <laughs> so uh, this is something that i've uh, kind of picked up on do you think it was more acceptable or society was more accepting to racism like it was more normalized earlier on or do you think it's always been bad but only now are we because of social media, because of just uh, kind of open-mindedness that people are reacting to it and noticing that it's bad? Uh, I think it's always been considered bad. And I think we've had waves of what's accept acceptable and what isn't. I think it got worse recently because of politicians that are openly racist, like the president of Brazil and Donald Trump and Boris Johnson. say They say things that I think their voters and others that were that felt like they had to hide the side of them are now thinking oh yeah it's okay if I say this because even if the our country leader is saying mm -hmm. things like that it's fine if I do too right yeah I know a lot of people have said that about Trump they're like oh he can say this so it's fine for me to say this yeah I think it, it gives people it legitimizes this this speech, this discourse of being racist, and hmm. it's just awful. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, I think I am glad that it's, uh, you know, social media, as you probably know, I got rid of Facebook and other forms of social media. I used to have TikTok, but I deleted that as well. <laughs> <laughs> but... Um, but yeah, I think it does play a huge part in getting messages across 
very quickly and you know sometimes when newspapers might be hesitant to publish something because people might say oh he's supporting the president or too left-wing um but social media you know if it, people agree with it they'll just share it regardless yeah and i think it also if before people would have to either go somewhere to find like-minded people would have a harder time finding people that have the same the same way of thinking now with a tweet you know that you can find it's yeah. more within reach to find people with the same same mentality same yeah. same awful views oh don't get me started I'm, i'm just thinking about facebook and how they only showed you you know like-minded comments and stuff like that that just to increase engagement and all these little experiments that they did yeah But, uh, but yeah, I guess it goes to show that it works both ways. You can have good ideas, good thoughts spreading for good causes, and also the slightly more detrimental thoughts to society. They can also propagate. If you find other like-minded people, which internet makes it really easy to do, and then yeah. bad ideas can spread just as easily. Yeah, and I think people also tend to get inside their bubbles. Like they they exclude everything that's not how they think mm. or what they expect so it helps as well like the fact that you can block people or just hide comments delete people from your from your feed mm -hmm. it helps you be inside this information bubble i just want to see things that i agree with yeah things that i find good ignore yeah. everything else <laughs> <laughs> exactly but then you end up having this very Uh, bias yeah. source of information you ended up only having things you agree with and then everything else is fake news and whatever here's a good question for you as a journalist or you know working in media how do you filter out things that you're biased to or if you see a news story or let's say that there is a news story and you got asked to report on it how do you not let your own views get in the way uh, it is a bit impossible You will always get, especially if you're interviewing someone, for example, mm. even your questions will be guided by what you believe, what you think is right. Um, what journalists do is if you're covering something, you try to see, try to interview and try to see every side of the story. So what you would get is not your voice coming through, but the voices of different sides of the same of the same story of the same okay. information i think that good journalists will give voice to something to an expert and not let their voices go through too much yeah i, I guess i was just gonna say any good journalist would interview everyone right not just the people they agree with yeah you have to you have to balance Things I I remember once I wrote the story. It was a a very complicated story about this place in São Paulo where children that have been victims of abuse would mm. go to meet their parent that was accused of abusing the child. The story started with this very. It, it, the idea was let's show how sad this is. Because yeah. it's kids that have been victims and they have to go to this place that is basically like a prison just to meet the abuser because the abuser 
requires legally to see the child or whatever. So it has to be supervised. They have social workers with the, with the kid all the time. Mm. And I, so I, I did the story. I talked to moms whose kids had been abused, talked to social workers and all of that, mm-hmm. and talked to a parent, to, to a, a father who had been accused of this. And he was like, look, it's not fair because there is this thing called parental alienation or something. I don't know if that's how I would translate. But it's basically mm. how parents fight, separate, they get divorced and whatever. And one accuses the other of awful things just so they won't get the... Right. It's like a fake uh, accusation. Exactly. So to prevent that from happening, from like, let's say the the father has been accused of sexual abuse, but it's not true, it hasn't been proven to be true, and that father shouldn't lose his rights as a parent, they do this. So it was very difficult to, to present these two sides, because of course there have been cases the child was actually abused, and no child should be put through this awful thing but Mm. i am sure there were also cases in which the mother or the father accused the other parent of abuse just to get something out of it like yeah so it was it was a very difficult story to write to try to balance these two awful awful sides yeah i'll tell you what some people shouldn't have kids (laughs) well yeah yeah. I think there should be a little test, like, exam that you have to do before you're allowed to have kids. <laughs> oh, there should. Especially because we have way too many people in the world. If you're not oh, yeah. absolutely sure that you can take care of a, of a kid and that you and your partner will provide love even if you're not together anymore, then <laughs> don't have kids. Exactly. Yeah, There has to be some sort of responsibility from this generation to the next. Just like our generation's been a little bit um, screwed over. <laughs> yes. By everything that's happening in the world right now. All the countless things that the previous generation have done. We have to kind of make sure that that doesn't happen again. Just to make sure everything's somewhat stable. <laughs> so, are you and Rory ever going to <laughs> have kids? No. I don't want kids. I never... I never wanted kids. I thought you'd change that after meeting the right person, but no, still no kids. No, no. Rory also doesn't want kids. I don't think I could. This is exactly what you said. The world is awful as it is. Global <laughs> global warming alone is already a huge threat to future generations. Mm-hmm. Then you add this pandemic. <laughs> if we have to go through this again, oh my god, it's just awful. Yeah. No, I do uh, feel for, you know, not just us, but in the future, they're not going to have any petrol cars. I'm, they're going to miss the sound of a rumbling engine. <laughs> <laughs> I don't see that as a problem. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you don't. (laughs) I was watching a a report on TV the other day. It was a story about zoos and how there is this debate now of how zoos are not great. And 
and and they showed this place i don't remember where it was but it was an aquarium somewhere that they don't have fish anymore they have screens with images of fish i was like this is awful <laughs> this is so boring i mean you could just do that at home just put <laughs> exactly. a youtube video <laughs> why would you go somewhere pay like 20 dollars or whatever to go yeah. see a screen this is awful <laughs> I saw something really cool uh, a few weeks ago, but I haven't really got around to trying it. So, you know, you get 360 degree cameras. Uh-huh. So someone put one of those in a, um, in like a shelter for endangered monkeys. Uh. And then the monkeys just, you know, they were playing around with the camera and just between themselves. And someone put it on YouTube and with your phone, you can actually, if you've got a VR headset, you can put your phone into that headset and then like you can look around. And I really want to try that. I saw oh, the video, cool. but for some reason I haven't tried it yet. So maybe the future of zoos, you know, because of the pandemic, we can't go out. So <laughs> zoos are coming yeah. to us. Yeah, that was exactly yeah. what they were talking about, how zoos are struggling with the pandemic. Some of them are going to have to close. Which is sad. I like zoos. I think it's... Really? It's fun. <laughs> yeah, there is, I think, uh, there is an element of conservation, the importance of conservation of species and, and education as well. When you are able to see animals, you understand better the importance of keeping keeping them alive and in reality the problem is humans humans killing animals humans like building cities everywhere you yeah. end up the animals are endangered whether the zoo or not at least in the zoo they have a space there to be protected oh, i see what you mean yeah they do teach about endangered species and you know animals things like that in school if they already learn about it I guess it is different if you go to a zoo and you actually touch the animals and you see how cute they are. <laughs> yeah. And some animals are rescued from... Um, but don't you think they belong in the, in the wild? They shouldn't be in a zoo where people go and see them every day. Of course, but the wild is endangered. Is There are poachers, fires, deforestation... Hmm. It's not like we're putting them in a better situation. Humans are still destroying everything. So I guess rather than humans destroying their habitat, it's better to give them a smaller habitat, <laughs> especially the endangered ones. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I just, I don't hate zoos. I actually enjoy going to zoos. <laughs> hmm. No, they are good fun. But I just feel like animals, they probably want to be free as well, with all their friends and family. Yeah. <laughs> all right, then I'm going to go back to uh, some of the questions that I usually ask people. So when okay. you were really little, what did you want to be when you were older? I've always wanted to be a writer. So oh. I learned how to read and write by myself, with my mom's help. And I wrote a book when I was four years old. Wow. So I always wanted to be a writer and how big was this book yeah, it was like a picture book i don't know like it with a4 paper and just i would draw things and write that's small awesome sentences. <laughs> yeah. so you were probably the cleverest kid i don't know i don't think so but i was i was one of the 
dedicated students. <laughs> You're just being modest, aren't you? You can read and all the others couldn't read. <laughs> I enjoyed reading. What is one thing that no one would guess about you? I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> I'm going to come back to the mafia story. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, the, the pharmacy one or some drug smuggling one, I forgot. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe people wouldn't guess that story, no. Okay. Is there anything that you're working on currently? As a project? Yeah. Right. Not really, not necessarily work-related. Anything else? Um, not really. I've been working a lot thankfully but i do a quiz every weekend so maybe that's a my project at the moment mm, that's been going a long time hasn't it yeah i do you, almost i think two months already. do you host it every time no at first i did because also my friends didn't understand the dynamic <laughs> of a quiz but now Every week has been a different person because they got really excited and wanted to do a, to do their own questions. My sister did it last week and it was 90s themed. It was really fun. Wow. Well, that's quite fun. I, I, if only I could speak Portuguese. <laughs> we did some bilingual versions. This weekend is mine. I can do it in English as well. Oh, and really? You can participate. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I'm in. Send me the okay. link. I, mean. I will I will include you in the list then. It will be I'll put the questions in English as well. But my friends will mostly speak Portuguese, but they'll try that's to fine. speak English as well. <laughs> no, that's fine. If you leave some Portuguese in, I'm fine with that because uh, I get to learn some Portuguese. <laughs> Good, fair enough. <laughs> that's cool. What is the happiest you've ever been? Apart from when you came to the cube and you saw that you were living with four other boys. <laughs> or was it five? No, four other boys. Yeah, four. Apart from that time when you were full of joy. I think whenever I travel somewhere, I'm happy. I enjoy traveling. So I remember when I went to Disney, Disney World, with my family it was, I think, a really happy time. <laughs> Is that in Florida or the Paris? Yeah, in Orlando, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's fun. Did you go to all of the little parks? The, you know yeah. I mean? The story of when we went to Disney is actually a, an interesting one. We oh, were go going on. to go in January 2001, but my mom, my sister, and I couldn't get a visa to mm. go to the US, so we postponed it to December. Then... In September. <laughs> oh, I remember. Yeah, so we were like, oh my God, should we go? This is awful. And we were going to go with my grandfather as well, but he died in April. So it was oh, just no. like the worst year ever for my family. Do you but mean then, April 2001? Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. And then, but then we went, the parks were super empty i don't think i never went back since i've never been back to disney but i think it would have been a it would be disappointing to go super busy with queues that take five yeah. six hours because we didn't get there were no lines at all everything was free and <laughs> super nice 
I guess there is a silver lining. You you have yeah. to think of the positives, don't you? <laughs> yeah, because it was just an awful, awful year. So I think that's why I was happy then, because it, it felt like it was compensation for this mm. just terrible, terrible year. That's good. In a, on a more philosophical level, sometimes you need to be happy, uh, sorry, sad, and you need to go through the low points to appreciate the high points more, don't you? Yeah, <laughs> uh, I, I believe so, that this sad moment, sad periods make everything better when it's when you have a happy... Yeah, uh, makes you more grateful. I hear yeah. it from people that are quite rich, and then they don't value their time, they don't value their money, and then all of a sudden when they don't have it, then they value it so much more. Yeah, I bet. Isn't that why so so many people that, so many people like in uh, Scandinavia that have everything, best countries ever, commit suicide? That they just have no nothing low, nothing bad happening, and then it's like this is awful. I want to kill myself. <laughs> yeah, no, you're you're dead right. The first little bad thing that will happen, most people will think this is just part of life. And they can't handle it. They think I'm a failure. Yeah. <laughs> you see it in kids, actually. The, if there's a kid that gets um, always gets 100% on all of their tests, and one time they get 90%, they'll start crying. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone else is like, what are you crying for? <laughs> yeah, you set the bar too high. It's like, yeah. now everything worse than this is awful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they failed. Have you got any regrets? You're a little bit older than me, but not too much older. So I'm a lot I older. I guess you're still young. <laughs> a little bit. I'm trying to be kind. <laughs> uh, regrets? Yeah. I, I don't really think so. Don't, I don't... Say, don't say coming to love, bro. <laughs> no, of course not. I think I am not someone who dwell on the past a lot I usually get over it like no matter what happened first of all it happened so no there's I you don't gain anything by thinking of that too much and oh my god I regret this and hmm. if you have a good life I have nothing to complain about I am happy with my life at this point okay no maybe I do regret something <laughs> Maybe I regret studying journalism and not something more useful. But still, I had a pretty good time. I think you've done yeah. a lot. It's yeah. just that it's not, it's, it's not something that is working at the moment. Every journalist I know doesn't want to work as a journalist anymore. The press mm. in not only Brazil, but everywhere is... People hate it, people yeah. don't respect it, the money is awful. I feel like if I had studied, I don't know, computer science or something, uh, I, would I, know, have been, yeah. I, I could be rich and not. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're right, you know, with the media, globally there is going to be a bit of a change. I don't know if you've heard about all the YouTube drama and all the Twitch drama, uh, People, like really big creators, they're getting banned just out of nowhere for no reason. Banned? Yeah, permanently banned for, you know, they're not giving official reasons, but, you know, where people, young people would consume media, mm -hmm. 
all the big YouTubers, well, not all of them, but quite a few of them recently, they've been demonetized, so there's no incentive to make any content anymore. And on Twitch, very similar, they're just getting banned. Their accounts are getting banned. Um, no one can donate money to them, that sort of thing. I haven't thing. seen this, but so. creating content, that's the thing, you sometimes, you can be great, you can create some amazing things, and people don't value it, will not pay for it, and but they will give money to idiots doing slime. <laughs> don't know. <laughs> Yeah, it's a popularity contest, isn't it? Yeah. If you can, if you can invoke some emotion, if you can make people angry, you're gonna make more money. Exactly, like Alex Jones. <laughs> it's like water makes frogs gay. <laughs> <laughs> and this guy is making money with content. It's not even content. It's just ranting. It is. He comes out with some of the most random things. I, I've lost count of. You know, I, was he the guy that said 5G causes cancer as well? Um, might have. I don't know. I I laughed so hard with him saying that he would eat his neighbors. I'd be like, I'll eat your ass. I'll eat my neighbors. <laughs> For his own protection. Yeah. <laughs> if he runs out of food, he's feeding his neighbors to his kids. <laughs> oh, he's such an idiot. <laughs> Imagine his kids being like, Daddy, where did you get all of this meat? <laughs> Crazy. So juicy. <laughs> oh, so what's going on in Brazil with the president? And I remember a few years ago, they we had the election, right? And the not the very nice guy won. Yeah. Did you see? So the our president is now Jair Bolsonaro. He he's confirmed coronavirus now. He's he has corona. <laughs> Finally. Finally, I am. I I hope that this virus has a long and <laughs> a long life. It was trending on Twitter yesterday when he said he had symptoms. That everyone was like, "Oh, good luck, virus. We hope you. <laughs> we hope you do well." <laughs> <laughs> oh no that's that's very unusual oh. people saying please virus do your thing yeah exactly that's exactly what we're saying just my god it would fix so many problems uh, but he said he's saying that he's already taking chloroquine which is this fake drug not fake but is this drug that yeah. he and trump said works but doesn't I don't, it's it's a malaria drug i don't even know what it does but uh, it doesn't fight coronavirus at all i'll try and find a picture of this uh, birthday card that i got my friend it was his birthday in may i think and just at the same time donald trump was saying oh you know hydroxychloroquine cures coronavirus and basically on the front of the card I hand-drew Donald Trump and a bottle of bleach <laughs> and a shot glass and he's pouring bleach into the shot glass. <laughs> My God. And he did say that. He did say, oh, why people don't just drink disinfectants? And cause... Exactly. I don't, ex I don't remember his exact words, but he said something like, well, we're investigating what kills viruses. <laughs> he said things like bleach and Dettol. <laughs> 
guy, what an idiot. God, no wonder he stopped his uh, daily press meetings. He couldn't handle no. it. Uh, and that's and Bolsonaro is the worst version of Trump. He's just he co- tries to copy Trump at every and everything. Like he celebrated Fourth of July here. Why? Why are you celebrating yeah. the independence of another country that has nothing to do? It's just ugh, stupid. Is there anything that you need advice on from me? Mm, do you know how I can get more clients for my company? Um, I don't know. You can do a shout out on here if you want, uh, you know, all five people that listen to it. <laughs> so, hey, everyone, if you need translations from English to Portuguese, you know who to call. <laughs> yeah. And I guess Portuguese to English as well. Mm. Yeah. Or English to Spanish and Spanish to English. I can do that, too. When are you moving? Maybe. Uh, probably mid-August, but the flights haven't started yet. Have you heard about Leicester? Yes. Oh, it was news here. It was so weird watching the news here and seeing Leicester on the t- on TV. Wow, we made it to Brazil. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, Leicester's international. Yeah, it was just so random. It was so funny. I was talking to a friend. Usually when I, when people ask, where are you from? Before this, I had to say, oh, Leicester won the Premier League a few years ago. Um, that's how people knew what Leicester was. And now I have to say, oh, it's the place in Britain with the coronavirus outbreak. <laughs> <laughs> but how do you think uh, things are there in general, not only in Leicester, but in the, the entire country? Because I find it crazy that you don't have to wear masks no. yet. That this has not been... It's not mandatory. Do you think the government is doing a good job and people... That you're safe in your uh, pandemic controlling rules yeah. or whatever? No, I am grateful for the... Go- not just the government, but the police, the NHS. I think they're doing a much better job than certain other countries. <coughs> USA. <coughs> but, um, like, I've seen... <laughs> The figures, just from the figures, it doesn't seem too bad compared to other countries. It is slowly going down. And in certain other cities near Leicester, there's like less than five cases every day, like new diagnosed cases. So in the whole country, I think it's just a few hundred, something like that. Don't quote me. What I have seen, especially around Leicester, there's been loads of more police. So, because just Leicester is, there's controlled movement in and out, so I've had friends tell me that in, like, the road from Leicester to Loughborough, there's always police there, random stop checks just to make sure that you're not traveling if you don't need to. So I do think it's it's pretty good. They're trying quite hard to prevent mm. it. As long as you maintain two meters between someone else, a mask is unnecessary. Yeah, but are people back to normal people going out normally as a youth that's they would um not in leicester no leicester most of the shops are closed apart from all the essential shops mm-hmm. oh, some other lucky places the pubs are open again <laughs> but i saw i saw a video of people in soho in london super busy street and not respecting social distancing at all i don't know it it no. I am super worried about this pandemic. I'm not leaving my house anytime soon. 
Um, of course, Brazil is one of these awful, awful countries and I have no control. <laughs> but I don't, mm-hmm. if I were in England, I don't think I would do anything different. I would still stay inside and avoid oh. avoid going out. Well, I think you're being too safe. Maybe I'm a daredevil, but um, as long as you stay two meters apart. So over here at my house, because I live with my parents and grandma, then I do try and make sure, try and be extra safe. So at the entrance to my house, I've got disinfectant. Uh, When I leave, I'll put some on. And then as soon as I come back, I'll uh, put some on. I've also, my dad's got a spray of Dettol. Just mix a bit of Dettol with water and then I'll spray my shoes as I come in. As long as you do the basics... You can't really do any more. Yeah, I don't know. I fear for my grandma and my mom as well. Uh, so I worry. and But I don't know. Maybe mm. I am being too... Way too careful. Just freaking out unnecessarily. It's not a bad yeah. thing. But yeah, overall, I can't complain really. I think the government's doing a lot. If I was part of the government panel making all these laws and decisions on the one hand you don't want people to be stuck in their homes and then on the other hand you don't want the the virus to spread yeah (laughs) it's difficult i think it's different here and that's maybe why i'm also a bit more concerned because here there are a lot a lot of people because of there are many poor people so it's very unbalanced like it's unjust and things like Hmm. that so a lot of people really don't have the option of staying at home they don't work from the computer they have to work like have manual labor and things like that so they yeah. will not have the option to stay at home and these people what about what in the favelas and is that mainly where the the people are that have to go to work or is it just as bad in the cities yeah in the favelas it's it's a big problem because you're right is the people who work with uh, jobs the people that have yeah. to go yeah go to work and these people generally low paid will be in our national health system so in the public health system um, will most likely die because they have they can't afford a better treatment they can't afford to stay in the hospital for long they so mm. if I can stay at home because I'm so privileged to be able to work from home to be able to do everything from home and just go out when it's super necessary then i will to protect these people that's what i think i i I will stay at home so people who have to go to work can without getting something yeah less risk of it spreading yeah but not everyone thinks like this like here a big problem is maids Mostly, every house, every person has a maid here that is from the favelas. So what my mom did, for example, she's paying her maid to just carry on paying her her salary. And she's Mm -hmm. staying at home, so don't worry, don't come. But not everyone is doing this. Either saying, okay, I'm going to pay you if you're not coming. Or come anyway. And (laughs) the virus gets around. Oh no. I guess that's partly the government as well. But then, you know, in the favelas, it's probably really hard to 
I guess people won't have the correct documentation, like, you know, passports, any sort of national ID, you know, just to track how much they earn. And then if you can, if the government could kind of give them a wage. Yeah. But it's difficult. It is difficult. There are people who are claiming a benefit that they don't really need just because they can. Um, the government here can't really pay for everyone that's in this situation because the majority of the country is in this type of situation. We don't have skilled jobs, that many skilled jobs available. So it's mostly people working in uh, like security, cleaning, things like that, that they, mm -hmm. you, you really can't just stay at home. Sad times. I feel for certain countries yeah. um, coming from an Indian background as well. So places in India are very similar to the favelas. No healthcare access. You know, sometimes people will be born and die oh. in the in the little places, and no one will know. Yeah. <laughs> so what do they do? I thought India would do super well because they had lockdown, a very strict lockdown since the beginning. It's getting worse. Yeah. I don't understand why I haven't read enough about it. It's funny. My dad, he was saying, oh, India's doing so well. Total lockdown. No one's allowed out of their houses. And yeah, you're right. For some reason, there is an outbreak and it's getting worse. Yeah, I guess that's it. It's a lot of people living in close, close proximity and having to go yeah. out and having no other option, really. Not being able to take it care of very themselves. Dense. Hygiene also not having access to clean water yeah and there was a, uh, a bollywood movie uh, i think you'll like it it's called toilet uh. and uh, yeah i think you'll like it it's a, basically there was a a guy and you know in the little villages they don't have proper toilets so they'll just make a little hole in a field or something like that and then they'll go to the toilet there or they'll go wherever they feel like it basically and so there was this girl who was from the city and she got married to someone that was from a village. She had to, when she moved in with the husband, she had to go to the toilet outdoors <laughs> in a field. <laughs> so it was a, it was a good movie. I'll, look, I'll, I'll check. <laughs> Watch it. Yeah. Cool. All right. Then next question. What are you passionate about? I am passionate about movies, cinema and Writing, I guess. Hmm. There's not been that many new movies coming out, has there? No, I have, I have a couple of friends that are also super passionate about cinema. And we were talking about when we will feel safe to go to the cinema again. I don't think I will. As we've mm -hmm. discussed how extra careful I'm being at the moment. I don't think I will go mm. to a movie theater before there's a vac vaccine. I don't feel safe to stay two hours inside a room with 200 people. Yeah. So I'm okay not going to the cinema. But even so, at home, have, have you been watching many movies? Because there's been, you know, all the old ones, but there's only so much on Amazon Prime. Yeah, I'm watching... <laughs> All, all films and my DVD collection and things like that. Nothing new. Oh, you got a DVD player? I, I do, yeah. And I have a lot of films on DVD and Blu-ray. So I've been going through all of the movies that I own and haven't seen yet. It's <laughs> good. Perfect time for yeah. it. 
it's why I started podcasting. I thought never get the time again. Yeah, it's a good idea. It's a great project, especially because you get to talk to your friends and ask questions you probably you maybe never asked them. It's interesting. Yeah, it is. It's really good actually. I get to find out a lot. You're enjoying it then. <laughs> I love it. I'm loving it. Yeah, <laughs> just like. Obviously, because I said I've I've known you for quite a few years, but there's still stuff that I don't know about yeah, you. Yeah, <laughs> even me listening to the podcasts you've released so far, the episodes you've released, I've learned a lot about you, yeah. things that I didn't know. Oh, good things, hopefully. <laughs> hopefully hasn't changed your opinion. Of course not. How nice I am. <laughs> Next one. What is something you think everyone should try? I think everyone should go abroad no matter where you live you should go to a different country i think some people don't think that's not for them that we won't enjoy mm. it but it's always a great great experience if you have the opportunity to live somewhere else i would also recommend living abroad yeah. what if you don't like it it's i think it's part of the experience sometimes you will you grow you get a different perspective you understand yeah. a different culture i think i think it's always something that you get out you, you get something out of it even if you don't like it yeah exactly you you either find out that you love it or you find out that you don't like it and then you can av avoid similar things <laughs> yeah and i think while living in england i learned so much about myself about who i am as a person just what I can offer <laughs> to the world. Oh, I think. That's cute. Yeah, I think it's a, it's it's a great great experience to have. Yeah, I think that's mainly why I'm moving abroad. Mainly, actually, one of the reasons is because I don't think I will ever get the chance again. Because I kind of, as I said, Leicester's a bit of a bubble. I never really thought about living outside of Leicester or abroad or anything but then since I did start traveling as well I thought hmm new cultures let's see what they have to offer <laughs> yeah. are you excited are you anxious how are you feeling about both yeah it's all right still both definitely both part of me is excited because uh, new people new friends and um, if something scares me then I still it makes me want to do it more I don't know what it is. Maybe it's like a thrill seeker thing. Maybe. Are you staying for a limited amount of time, or it's like you you don't know when you'll be back? So it's uh, currently it's like a year contract, but I think there's a probationary period. I think it's the first term or like two months or something like that. So um, if they don't like me, they can send me back <laughs> in two months. But if they do, then I have to stay there for a year at least. Ah, a year goes by so fast. Yeah, and then I can just choose whether to stay there yeah. or not. It's nice. Right, so the alternative, what is something that you haven't tried yet that you really want to try? Uh, there are a lot of things that I would like to do that I know I'll never do because I'm too afraid. Like skydiving, bungee jump or something like that. Why not? I, I, I don't think I'm brave enough to try. <laughs> You need to do what I do. If it scares you, you have to do it. No, that's a psychopathic way of thinking. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Lies. <laughs> Just 
dog if it scares me yet. No, no. <laughs> Things scare you for a reason if you're afraid of dying. <laughs> I know, there is that. But also, think about how many people skydive every year and how many people bungee jump and dive, swim with sharks, but they don't die. Yeah. I honestly don't know. I don't think I'll like it anyway. I think I would just like to see how it is, but I'll probably hate it. Mm. Yeah, have you tried paragliding? No. That's kind of like skydiving, but you've got wings. Have you tried so it? No, it's a little bit. No, my sister's done it once. And she said it was quite good. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a slow descent. They go to the top of a mountain and basically they run off the mountain, but they've got wings attached and it's like a little seat. So you just fly down. But you do with another person, right? Yeah, yeah, there's someone, you're strapped to someone else, yeah. Must be weird. You could try that. Yeah, maybe. In baby steps. Yeah, maybe that's a, a better experience. And if I don't like it, then I know that skydiving is definitely not for me. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think your greatest accomplishment is? I think my company at the moment, I would say, is a great accomplishment. I'm very proud of having opened my company and having a business of my own. That, that is a good achievement. Yeah. Not many people can say they've got their own business. Yeah. Mm, it's taken a lot of time, hasn't it, to set it all up? And I guess all of your life experience that led you to that moment. <laughs> yeah, and I still think I have to grow a lot. There's still, I, I still need to work on that. But mm -hmm. I am proud of what I've done so far and being brave enough to Would do you that. say... Would you recommend anyone to start their business, start their own business, whatever it is? Is it like an easy thing to do? I don't. No, I don't think it's an easy thing to do, and I don't think it's for everyone. I think you need to have. I, I'm not even sure I have that. Um, the mindset. I don't. I. I am the right person to do it. I'm sure others would be a lot more successful than I am. And I think it's, a, it's hard work and dedication. Yeah. And it's fine if you don't, it's, if it's not who you are, if you would rather have a work for someone, which is great too. So I don't know if it's for everyone. I think it, you always need to think how much work you're willing to put into it and just how much you want to dedicate yourself to a business. Yeah. I guess especially when you're starting it up, it takes a lot of effort, lots of your own time. Yes, yeah, a lot. But then, alternatively, when it takes off, you won't need to do anything. You know, you'll already have clients, you'll already kind of be working for yourself, so you won't have to put in as much effort. Yeah, that that is why I am not sure I'm the right kind of person to have my own business, because I'm the kind of person that really wants to work. <laughs> I wouldn't feel comfortable having someone working for me and me just doing nothing. And I think that's not. <laughs> When you grow, you just can't do everything yourself. You need to delegate. You need to boss people yeah. around. And it's not always easy. <laughs> Is that what you're saying? You're not very bossy? I am bossy, but I, but I am also the kind of person that's like, oh no, I don't think you know how to do this well enough. 
So let me do yeah. it instead of teaching someone to do it properly. Oh yeah, that's true. If they can't do it properly, you could, you'd rather do it yourself. Exactly, but then you're like you have so much to do. And it's like you should teach someone or find someone who can do it properly. <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, I think I would probably open up my own business, but probably just for like tax benefits and trying to launder money. <laughs> <laughs> so what would your business be? So the front, oh, I haven't thought about this, but probably like a, a pizza place or a fast food place. <laughs> and just have, as you said, someone not very competent at their job. I'm going to pick someone that is purposefully not very good at making pizzas. Basically, then people will leave me alone. They won't come to the shop. <laughs> <laughs> but then you won't make money. No, it's fine. I'll I'll do other things. <laughs> you can hook me up with some of your contacts in the Brazilian mafia. I don't have contacts in the Brazilian mafia. <laughs> I don't even think there is such a thing as a Brazilian mafia. Okay, I'll ask you again when we stop recording. <laughs> oh, so... Can we clarify what happened with the, um, I think you said that you were on the news once. Someone told you don't say anything. No, what happened was I was, I was an intern at the newspaper and yeah. the, I got, there, there was this reporter writing a story on people, uh, young people, teenagers getting high on a medication for yeah the pharmacy was giving it yeah up. for weight loss so you couldn't get this medication unless you had a prescription but you could actually go there and get it so they they sent me to try and buy the medication illegally <laughs> so did you have you didn't have a prescription no i didn't have a prescription so i went to the pharmacy and i was like hi so do you have this medication because you know and the pharmacist was super nice and said, yeah, I can give it to you. I can sell it to you. And oh, no. yeah, but that was what I had to do. I had to buy the thing illegally. And then when I got to the newsroom, I was like, yeah, I got to buy it. I bought it. They said, great, let's take a picture of you with the drug <laughs> holding it. And I was like, yeah, fine, great. They took a picture of me. So it's me holding the medication, just like super smiley. But then they arrested the pharmacist, the pharmacist for yeah. drug dealing. Oh, the super nice yeah. one. And then the oh. police called me and said, you have to come here, recognize the guy because he's being arrested for drug trafficking. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> I was. Have you ever seen? Have you seen Seinfeld? No, I've heard of it. There is a, well, there's an episode of Seinfeld. His uncle is stealing things. He tells the police and he dreams of his uncle just in jail going like thinking, exercising and thinking of <laughs> his revenge. And I thought, I, I thought that the guy would be arrested, have my picture on the paper <laughs> <laughs> and just be like, oh my God, I'll, I'll I swear revenge on this girl. So I went to the police. I talked to this reporter, this who basically covered p 
police stories. I talked to him. I said, mm-hmm. look, I was, the police called me to testify to recognize the person and said, don't do it. Don't do it. Say it. Don't remember. <laughs> and that's exactly what I did. I said, look, it was so long ago. I am really not sure if this is the guy who sold it to me. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and to this day, no one came after me. So I think I'm good. <laughs> oh, no. Can you imagine? He'll have a picture up in his jail cell. Yeah. <laughs> But who... I... I should have said something to the editor of the newspaper to say, like, are you crazy? Are you putting my picture as, like, I was part of a drug dealing thing? No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think they should protect your identity. Just say someone was able to purchase it, but not say who bought it. Especially no pictures. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> This lady who we will call nice, <laughs> <laughs> she managed to buy It would have been a better, better thing for me, at least. Yeah. Oh, that's a great story, though. <laughs> It is. Right, then, before we finish, is there anything that you want to ask me? I think I'm, I want to know more about you moving, but I think I am, I will want like a full report once you're there, because I'm very curious about yeah. how the place is and what the culture is like. Yeah, no, that's something that scared me a little bit as well. Very different to the UK. But it's a British school. Yeah, yeah. so most of the staff at the school, actually nearly all of the staff, they started teaching in England and then they moved to that school. So all of the things like, you know, in England we do the GCSEs and A-levels, mm-hmm. so they do everything exactly the same there. The teachers are all the same, it's just the kids that are different. It's, do you think the kids are mostly expats or something or kids of British people living there or will be from there? From what I know, certain details that I've been given, like I've been given an email address to communicate with all the staff there. So I can, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this or I don't know if the school know that I have access to all the kids' emails. I'm sure they do. Most of the kids there are nationals to that country. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say no more than 10% are expats. Wow. It'll be a very interesting experience. Yeah, for sure. I'll call you after I'm there. Ah, uh, do you should keep a diary or something. So I was, I'm trying to get rid of all my possessions here because I know as soon as I leave, my sister's going to <laughs> steal all my stuff. So <laughs> we'll go through everything. So I was looking through some of my old stuff and I found a diary from 2006. Uh, <laughs> but you would write on it every day? I mean, I kept it up for about two weeks, three weeks, and then slowly, you know, instead of seven days a week, it was <laughs> four days a week. <laughs> and then about a month later, I gave up. And anything interesting? Do you find anything fun? Yeah, so I found out that the laptop that we bought was £550. Wow. I wrote that down. (laughs) (laughs) I don't remember anything else. It's always interesting seeing the perspective of a foreigner in a different country, especially with a completely different culture. You have, you will learn so much. Hmm... 
Yeah, I'm sure it's going to be so different. Yeah. I don't know. I'll just, I'll try and bury everything else and just stick to my teaching. <laughs> <laughs> just stay at home all day. No, go. If, if I don't like you. No, go explore. Go meet people. Hopefully. Is there anything else you would like to ask? Anything at all? I can think of anything. No, I think that's it. All right, this was fun. Yes. All right, then, Lice. Thanks for giving me nearly, well, well over an hour of your time. You're welcome. Thank you for having me on your podcast. Give my regards to Rory and your family and his family. Will do. <laughs> When's the wedding? Oh, I, we are actually going to book the wedding this weekend. Because only wow. now notaries have opened and we can actually do something. So I don't know when, but when once it's booked, I'll let you know. Ah, uh, sweet. Are you going to stream it? Like, <laughs> Maybe. I don't know signing. because my sister wants to. She's in London. So maybe. <laughs> Oh, you have to. If I do it, I'll, I'll send you the link. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's it. Okay. <laughs> Any last words? No. <laughs> <laughs> cool. All right then, Lars, I'll speak to you soon. Okay, bye.